We the Epsom Insight. Today is the first of many Epsom podcasts. We will be giving you an insight into the lives of students, teachers and old Epsomians, as well as talking about some topical issues. I'm Jude Clark. And I'm Allegra Sheen. And joining us today, we have the head girl, Izzy Mitchell. And it is her birthday, so we all wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. So we'll get straight into it. Um, what A-levels are you taking? So I take biology, chemistry, maths, and I did an EPQ last year, um, which was really, really interesting. And obviously they're quite three that, big A-levels. That's a set of very long yeah. A-levels. I could never, ever do them. And how, that's the reaction I get from everyone. <laughs> how did you find them at first? Was it quite a lot? I think at the beginning, I was quite overwhelmed because they were a lot. But as I've gone through my course of lower sixth, I've started to enjoy them more. But they are, I would say they're definitely getting a lot harder and the step up from GCSE is massive. But because I want to do medicine, they kind of... That's the motivation. Yeah, there's a motivation behind it. Whereas if you were doing them and you didn't maybe want to do medicine or do something scientific in the future, mm. it would be a lot of work. But <laughs> I agree with you. I found that the step up from GCSE into A-levels, it's just a different sort of learning. Like It's more independent. You really have to be on top of your stuff or... Yeah, it just yeah, won't go well. What do you guys do? Um, so I do history, geography, and RS essays. So all this, that's what everyone says <laughs> about. <laughs> but no, they're my favourite subjects. So I couldn't imagine doing maths or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, I do biology, economics, and PE. Lots of numbers. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of a bit of a weird set, I suppose. But yeah, you know, they kind of link. Some ways. Some yeah. ways, biology and PE. So with your EPQ, what did you do for that? So for my EPQ, obviously, as I mentioned, I want to study medicine. I had to base it off something uh, medical. Um, so at first, I found it really difficult to actually come up with something because I have a lot of interests that are very different. Like, mm. I'm very sporty. I also like science and the science world. So I kind of linked them together by exploring the physical and psychological addiction to exercise. That's so, so I looked at, you know, anatomy and physiology, but then also how your brain responds to that. And my mum, she's a personal trainer, so she could mm -hmm. give me a lot of that um, information. And my dad's a surgeon, so I hear their two different sides. That really helped me to come up with this title. And I really enjoyed it. I think it really helped um, push my desire to study mm -hmm. medicine. It's good to get some first-hand information Definitely. from like, your parents as well. Yeah. So, so what was the conclusion from that ABQ? What was the relationship between sports and the addiction of it? I mean, the, for me, I found that the psychological side was much more impactful on the person. I, f I felt that the people I spoke to, I interviewed a few people who have suffered from exercise addiction. It's mm. very niche, but it is a thing, apparently. Um, and the people that had those psychological impacts, they're still struggling with them to this day, 10 years later. Mm. And I found it really interesting to see how they've coped with it. And yeah, they might have injuries, but your brain ultimately defines how you feel every day so yeah, that's what I found. For people not playing sports when you suddenly yeah when you're used to playing so much sports and suddenly can't it can definitely be really hard. 100 percent yeah. So you mentioned you want to go into medicine yes so you're looking at unis at the moment. Yeah. Your <laughs> it's, it's a long process I mean mm. you guys might be aware obviously going into low-tech they might be talking about different career paths but medicine is definitely one of the most rigorous applications yeah. because you have to do the UCAT, you have to have a very specific personal statement, you have to go through the interviews. So right now I've just done my UCAT um, test and unfortunately it didn't go exactly how I would have liked it to go. So I'm kind of considering what options I've got. I mean, there's nothing I can't do anymore just because of it, but I'm going to have to take a different route. Um, okay. 
but th I think the thing with this is that I've just got to learn how to adapt and everything happens for a reason adapt. that's know. exactly what my <laughs> mum said what do you mean? so since so many people at school and within the country want to do medicine at uni what have you done to stand out um, compared to other people what extra things have you done I mean obviously this year it's been quite challenging with Covid because an, an average medical student will do weeks of work experience in a hospital before they even start thinking about applying but last year I was lucky enough to get a week of work experience in St George's Hospital with my dad and his colleagues and I had a really great time so that that starts off my personal statement I had an incredible time I mean that week really put me ahead of a lot of other people that are applying this year for medicine. I mean, I don't know yet, but just because a lot of people couldn't get hold of the experience. It really makes you stand out. You've yeah. actually had first-hand experience. Now you can see what it's actually like. Yeah, but you can only imagine. That experience is just something I will never forget, and it's why I want to do medicine for those sort of moments. But yeah, apart from that, I mean, obviously I do a lot of like medical societies at school. Um, the school have got a really good medical foundation with Mr Bates so I find that really really uh, helpful and beneficial but yeah obviously Covid has put a massive stump for all of the work experience. <laughs> so being head girl, um, head of the school for Michaelmas term, what does that come with? What do you actually do in that position? So I'd say firstly it's very different to what any other head of school for Michaelmas term has done because, yeah, because of Covid. Because of Covid yeah so Obviously, firstly, I have to organise all of the chapel services, like who attends. Like chapel every morning. Chapel every morning and different assemblies, yeah, rather than just two a week. I try to go to as many as I can, but obviously it's, it's quite hard sometimes Being with the different assemblies. And I miss the singing. Yeah. It's a little sing-song. Yeah, it's sad, actually. But yeah. apart from that, it's just kind of working with all the other college prefects, making sure everything's running smoothly, like in houses around the school and working really closely with Mr Williams so yeah exciting did you ever ever imagine that you'd be head girl of Epsom College <laughs> I mean it's a funny story actually because my dad was actually head boy of Epsom when he was here there's no way that's so, so funny. yeah we've always had a running joke in the family mm. like about me and my brother maybe being head of school one day just because he was and ever since I've been in M4 I've always looked up to the head of school massively yeah. I think everyone does really I think everyone remembers their first head of school yeah I agree I was with yeah. Zanny Lawrence oh, he, he, was a good he, he was yeah he was a character yeah he really was but um yeah I would say when it came to fifth form and lower sixth I always would have loved to be head of house and then once I got that opportunity I just thought, if I don't go for head of school, I will, I will always regret it. And I've always wanted to be in that position. So I just went for it and I was over the moon when I actually got it. But yeah, I've always looked up to the head of school. And well, you definitely deserve it. Thank you. What did your family say when you got it? They were so happy. I remember the exact moment. I was in the car and I just got back from Sainsbury's and I got a call from Mr Williams. And he said, he was like, Izzy would you like to be head of school? And I just, I was so happy. I think I started crying. Um, and I ran to the garden and my dad was there and I just told him and he was so proud because obviously he would have had that exact moment when he was my age. So it was probably just a bit of a flashback It's a really moment. special moment. Yeah. Well. And then obviously I told my mum and my brother and they were just so happy, to be honest. I think so. Moving from you being head girl, sports at the moment, hockey, you had your first game last week, was it? Can yeah. you tell us how that went? So it was against St John's, who are obviously... Biggest um, rivalry. Biggest yes. Yeah. So 
We haven't actually beaten them for five years. So it's, we've had two draws and two losses. So we were very determined this year. And we were playing a sixth form bubble. So it was lower sixth and upper sixth. And they were only playing upper sixth. But I think that the teams were very balanced. But we did win. Um, we had a great game, to be honest. It's a shame no one could come and watch. But It must be due to you being captain, the first <laughs> yes. team. Yeah, it was... I was very nervous for that match because I just thought it's our last chance to play them. And I'm really good friends with a lot of the girls on the team. And we've been talking about it the week before and I was just so determined and so motivated. Such that a big rivalry. Yeah, now you can so say happy. you've beaten them yeah. after five years, after finally. five years, finally. And also there's a lot of speculation about us playing them again in the coming weeks. So hopefully we can maintain the wins. So right. you played them last year, didn't you? What was this? Was that a draw or was that a loss? We lost last year. So this year's win must have really it, yeah, felt good. Especially since it's most likely our last chance to actually play them. Yeah. But last year it was, I don't know if you guys I mean, remember. It must be quite upsetting in COVID not having these matches to look forward to at the re weekend. Massively. It, it was really, really hard to hear at the start of term that we're not going to have a match for the first yeah. three weeks because it makes you think, well, when are we going to have matches? What's the and point of training as well? Exactly. I mean, we've got a really good team this year and it's really fun training and we train hard, but it is hard to train in the week like you would if there was a match. Yeah. And obviously no one can come and watch either. So my parents are massive fans of hockey. So are other girls on the team's parents. So it is really upsetting. Quite a lot of the excitement is lost. I yeah, think. but I think yeah. I think we're all being really positive with it, which is really good. So yeah, you have to be really to get through it. So is hockey your like main and a favourite sport? Yeah, I would definitely say hockey is my favourite sport. I've been playing since I can remember. To be honest, I used to play at school when I was about five or six for Epsom Hockey Club. So it's weird. I've been playing here a long time. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I love netball as well. Netball is a great sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you face like any pressures as head girl? And, like how do you like de-stress and even with just A-levels in general? I'd say with head girl, the pressures are all positive. There's no, you know, like burning pressures or painful pressures that I, that keep me up at night. I think that this term, my biggest desire was just to keep that positivity because it's been such a strange time. I mean, we haven't had everyone back at school for nearly six months. So my the pressure I felt was just to make sure that everyone felt comfortable and everyone was looking forward to it. And I got a lot of questions before coming back to school and I just, I wanted to make sure I answered them right without putting people off because obviously we've got the one-way system, the masks. I think everyone was quite anxious about what it would be like. So I felt a bit nervous that people would struggle. But I think now we're back, the main pressure is just to continue trying to be a role model and doing what I can to create that positive yeah. energy, which I think we've got a really nice a nice atmosphere around the school like the community I is agree. really strong I think I guess it's, you're probably at a bit of a disadvantage as a lot of people probably don't really know who you are yeah because sad. because of covid so it's kind yeah, of I mean, sad going to chapel services I get to see faces and I get to see people but you don't get to interact with them as much yeah. because obviously we've got the bubble systems so I'm not actually allowed to go and socialize with the m4s or the e4s and those coming up from um lower school I, I just I haven't been given that opportunity to speak to them which I think this podcast is going to really help because they can actually hear I agree you know, they know I, who you are yeah, now. exactly and hopefully I can see them more soon we'll just see what happens. see how it goes yeah so with the six months off from school 
you got a lot of stuff done during lockdown. Do you want to tell us about that? So, yeah, me and another boy called Liam were talking one day about how we keep going on runs to pass the time um, during lockdown. And I've always been a runner, but never an intense run. I haven't done long distance, like, consistently. But a few days after we were talking, he said, do you want to do a charity run with me? And I said, sure, why not? It will pass the time. It's going to a good cause. Uh, The money we were raising was going to go to the NHS. And then we got eight other people to join. And from then, we decided to run the length of the UK in kilometres. The length of the UK. Yeah, not literally the length, but in terms of distance. Yeah. So I think it was... 1,400 and something kilometres. So how many hours of running was that? So hours, I'm not too sure, but I was running on average like 50 kilometres a week. Um, So it was a lot. (sighs) It started low, but... That's a lot of running. Yeah, it was a lot, but it it passed the time. It kept me busy thinking about things. It's going to a fantastic cause. Yeah, and especially because my parents were working, both of them and my brother actually, in the NHS um, in Epsom. They were so supportive, and I think I ran my first ever half marathon during that time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we, we managed to raise a lot of money, which was really, really great, and we all really enjoyed it. So, yeah. That's amazing. Well done. Thank you. So how did you, in lockdown, how did you pass the time? Where was the motivation to get up in the morning? Apart from running. <laughs> Apart from running. Apart from running. <laughs> I think my, ex- my lockdown experience was probably different to a lot of people's. I think a lot of people had a lot of family time and being at home with the same people every day. But I would say mine was the complete opposite because I have um, my dad and my mum were both working frontline um, at Epsom Hospital and my brother was working um, at Epsom Epsom Hospital doing admin. So I was home alone all day, every day, uh, seven days a week. So then with that, I took on, you know, doing the food shopping and walking yeah. my dog and cooking dinner for them and getting up to make them breakfast or whatever they needed because it was such a stressful time. So for me, I'd say my motivation was more making sure they were okay and making sure they weren't stressed, they weren't anxious, they were okay because it was really, it was a really hard time for them and for I felt like the best thing I could do was just mm-hmm. be there for them and it was really nice to see them just be calming down when they came home, yeah. offloading, whatever they needed to do. It must it have been quite a scary time for them at work as well. Yeah, definitely. Not only busy, but nobody didn't, nobody knew yeah, what was good. really going on. Yeah, and I mean, where my dad works, they converted his um, orthopaedics ward into a COVID ITU ward, so they were right in the midst of it all. Um, so it, it, we had great conversations every evening about what was going on. It was just changing every day. But let's just hope that we don't have to go back to that now. Yeah. Everyone wear their masks around school. Yes, that's the one, one top tip. So going back six months when there's this whole COVID scare coming in and then all of a sudden the school gets shut down. I personally, I remember I was in a study lesson. I was with Mr. Russell and all of a sudden we get an email saying we will have to go back to house. And uh, all of our head of house, all the um, house marks have announcements. Obviously we then got sent home. How did you feel about all that what was the emotions going through I would say um I predicted it happening quite early on because obviously my parents were working in that um field and they were very aware of what was going on in the hospitals and as the numbers were rising and the deaths were rising it was 
starting to make everyone worry a bit and hearing them talk about how quickly um, things were moving did make me question would school close and I remember we got those emails that were just long long emails with different um, regulations and how things would work and it was that Thursday at school I think that we got told that school would be closing tomorrow it was on the Friday and I think it was it was mixed emotions because everyone was happy to have an extra week of Easter holidays I think everyone thought we'd be back after Easter we never predicted what would actually happen and that it would be six months but I think at that point in time everyone was just in shock mode I think we were all overwhelmed by what was being shown on the news and all these numbers and all these different patients that were suffering and people with underlying conditions having to stay at home I think it was just a whirlwind of emotions in Mm. everyone's head and I think there was an element of excitement to it because everyone was happy to be at home excitement no not not Mm. excitement to be missing a school missing a week of school but I think that was only because no one really understood the severity of it and then once two or three weeks had passed and everyone realised, wow, this is actually a very dangerous and scary virus. I think that's I mean, when it, the, the panic... And we the, were all running around in-house like, I thought this was only in China. Yeah. Like, we, were sh- we didn't know what to do. We were I like, know. we're just going to go home for how long? Yeah. And Some of us remote. were like, we'll be back in, in the summer term, but then we didn't yeah. come back. And then remote learning hit, and that was, um, I suppose that was a struggle for everyone. Unless, yeah, online school. I think I found it harder than actual school. It was kind of... All the most, the worst bits. It was was just a very weird concept to get your head around at first, being at home on a computer doing your work. Yeah. I know personally for me, I was doing my work in my room because that's where I have a desk, and then having my PlayStation right next Mm. to me, that that got pretty tempting (laughs) at times. I would say they, for a lot of people, it was actually a blessing in disguise because Mm. a lot of people, I'd say for me it actually worked really well because it did take away a lot of distraction because I have some of my really good friends in my classes and I know that sometimes it can be hard if you're sitting next to someone who you're really good friends with and you like to talk I think that for some people they actually found it easier to learn the material and they it was like a one-on-one lesson in a way but obviously it did take away the social side and the sport and the just seeing people around that social engagement with people I think Mm -hmm. that was the the biggest change in what I personally found the hardest just not actually seeing people on a daily basis and not being yeah. able to communicate with people. Not being able to discuss like how you're feeling with your yeah. friends. You, I kind of felt quite isolated and I didn't yeah. really. And you had to, if very you alone. wanted to, you had to make that move by contacting them on social media. It yeah. wasn't like you could just approach that. It, it was a strange time. Yeah, I think lockdown, especially coming on to that, it was, even though it was very strange, I think there were lots of positives people could have taken away from that I think say if another lockdown does come in people need to remember that you can make the best of a bad situation yeah Yeah. there's two ways to approach it and I think inevitably everyone kind of went into the first few weeks of lockdown with a negative mindset Mm. of what's going to happen the fear of the future kind of thing but I think that now everyone's realised that things can be achieved, Mm. whether it's running more, you know, getting fitter, eating better, whatever it was, I think everyone has learned something from it. Yeah, lockdown has definitely made me more grateful and more appreciative. I think think people need to remember, even if you're just because you're alone, doesn't mean that's a bad thing. That can give you so much more time to work on yourself, work on other things, reflections, 
massive thing. Yeah. And that alone time isn't always a bad thing. No. Yeah. And also spending time, for me, my, both my brothers are boarding, so I never really saw them. And it was really nice just to have the whole family at home. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I know Izzy, you're in a different situation. But I guess for a lot of people, it was really nice. Yeah. But then again, it was hard not seeing grandparents and yeah. friends and extended yeah. family. Yeah, I mean, the only thing with that, I think that it does make you so, realise. So my grandparents actually live quite far away anyway, two hours plus for both sets. And I never actually get the chance to see them that frequently anyway, except in the summer holidays or Christmas, basically. So I was calling them or FaceTiming them as much as I could. But for people that you know live on the same street as their grandparents and would go and see them after school every day, I think that it was really, really hard for them. And I think they found it quite upsetting. I just remember trying to work with my like, grandma, like telling her how to use Skype, how yes. to use FaceTime, like two-hour-long com yeah. conversations and phone calls. So the first 10 minutes of every call is telling them to turn to on the, either yeah. they're turn on the mute or turn yeah. on the camera. I remember my grandma, every time I'd FaceTime her, the camera would be facing the opposite way. <laughs> and I'd just end up giving up and talking to the picture the on the floor. Yeah, I just gave up. But I think she's fixed it now, finally. <laughs> I mean, technology, we're really lucky that we were able to do online school, that we were had the resources, that we had such willing teachers to help us through such difficult times. Because I know that some schools didn't have um, the, like, the technology or just the effort didn't yeah. wasn't put in. I, to think, I think as students, we really should have appreciated or need to appreciate the amount of work the teachers have put in yeah. for us over that yeah. lockdown period. The online learning, remote learning, yeah. like Definitely. as hard as it was for us, I reckon it was even harder for them because yeah. being used to teaching in front of a class to 20 students every day and then suddenly speaking to a camera trying to get all the same concepts about on different subjects. It, it was quite amazing they managed to actually teach us anything, yeah. but fair play to them, they really did work hard. Yeah, I mean, I was in a biology lesson last week and there were two people uh, who were off school. And even just hearing the way they have to say, hello, are you there? And yeah. then a two second delay and then, yes, I'm here. It's just so weird and it's just amazing how they actually did that for such a long time. And for me, I think it worked really well. I know other people didn't find it as um, good because they really needed that social um, Aspect, stimulation. Yeah. But yeah, I think, I think they, they did it really um, well. So now you're back at Epsom. So this is your last year, fifth year. What has your best memories been? I would say 100% my best memories will be the sports tours. I think every single sports tour I've been on or just trip in general, they've all been so much fun. And I would say that to anyone listening, um, go on the sports tour if you have the opportunity. They are so much fun, whether they're somewhere abroad, whether they're somewhere in England, whether they're literally an hour away, you will have the best time because you get such great facilities, such great people, such great memories. And to this day, we still talk about, me and my friends, we still talk about trips we went on in M4 and tours we went on in M4. I'll never forget our netball trip um, to Manchester in M4. I'm wearing the top right now, actually. It was just one of the best trips and we'll just never forget it. So yeah, definitely all the tours and trips. So if you could speak to your younger self now, starting back in M4, what, what would your advice be? Because I think it's really helpful yeah, to the younger kids coming in, because obviously yeah. they don't get to speak to you very much. Yeah, I would say, if anything, just grab every single opportunity you can. I know it sounds cringe, and it's probably what you hear from every teacher or your parents, but I think 
Epsom is just full of different things. So yeah, many So many different opportunities. And I can say, when I was in M4, I was too focused on, like, other things. And I just didn't try out all the different activities apart from the ones we had to do. And yeah. now, if I had more time, I would try so many different, more, different things. Because... If you just look in that activity booklet, there are so many. And yeah. if you go M4 with a friend carousels. or even on your own, yeah. This school really just has everything to offer. I think when you're in M4, you have all the carousels and you always think it's such a long yeah. thing to do. Was it Wednesday afternoon? Yeah. But going back, yeah. going into, you get to go in the kitchen, just make pizzas, things like that. You get to meet new people, yeah. find new friends. Yeah, and obviously right now um, in M4, they're probably not getting the same opportunities we had to do mm certain activities such as going down into the kitchen and making pizzas and I cupcakes. Can, I can always remember going, making a pizza, just this absolute slosh of just every ingredient they had. Yeah. And tasting amazing. Right? It was great fun and we got to meet all the chefs. I found that great fun. But yeah, um, yeah I would just say, just try and say yes more to things, whether it is shooting or dancing or whatever it might be, just have a go. You never know. It might be the thing you do for the rest of your life. Just try it out. Yeah. And you, you will never get that opportunity again because Epsom just has it there for you. It's free. You can do it. Just go for it. So a lot of people right now are feeling quite anxious about their GCSEs, especially because of COVID. But have you got any top tips for taking the exams or revision? Yeah. I'd say probably easier said than done but just try not to panic about the future firstly I know there's a lot of uncertainty with how exams are going to go ahead this year with A-levels as well and GCSEs but I think the first step is just to try and just approach them as if they were completely normal exams because otherwise you will overthink the other things and that will take your mind off the actual work you're doing but apart from that I'd say Work hard, do your do your revision, start early, just get it in from, say, Easter onwards, make sure you're working really hard, but also balance it with the things you enjoy doing, whether that's sport or whether that is baking or reading, whatever you do to calm down. I don't know, it's different for everyone, obviously. I love baking. <laughs> I love baking. I love baking. <laughs> it's therapeutic. Never so baked in my breads. life. I'd recommend it to you. Would honestly. you like baking then? Maybe we should have baked a birthday cake today for Izzy. Yeah. If I had made some food, you'd probably get food poisoning. I don't think that's how you'd want to it's spend your own... It's hard to make a cake with food poisoning. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. I, think I you reckon try it out. I would, I'd probably find a way. <laughs> yeah, no, my brother actually made his first cake over lockdown. I'm not going to comment on how it tasted. I found, myself, <laughs> I found myself baking quite a lot, actually, over lockdown. Yeah, me too, and actually. And I was like, oh, and he's going to run out of I know, there was no flour. had to, like... Compromise. Yeah, I mean, so I ended up making some like wholemeal cupcakes. They didn't yeah. taste very nice, but Sounds brown much flour. Sounds interesting than what I was doing. I think it was about twelve hours in my room playing like FIFA every day. I think that's the same for a lot of people. Yeah, that's why yeah. Yeah, FIFA every day for lots of us. No, but with GCSEs and A levels, I think just try and be positive and try and balance what you're doing. Don't let it overtake your normal life. Mm -hmm. Just try and do the things you would normally do with a bit of work in there. Yeah. I think the clinics really helped me as well, especially yes. in maths and English. Just go to them because, and also just ask your teacher for help because I know they are, these teachers are so willing to help out. Yeah, if you show an interest, they really will help you. And especially with clinics, sometimes that just one-to-one, -one, that can, well, no matter what the subject, you'd be stuck on this one thing for ages and then one-to-one, -one, it just suddenly might click. And well, so even really in-house, the older girls, like I'd definitely be happy to help somebody. Yeah. 
who's got a question in house, and I'm sure you guys are as well. So within your houses, like I know in Granville we have so every subject we've got a dedicated six yeah, former. Yeah, we have that as well. Um, I think going to those is just going, just yeah. asking them anything that can really, really be helpful. For I think the one-to-one -one thing is sorry to interrupt, but I think sure. the one-to-one -one, um, thing is really important. I I never used to enjoy going to clinics that much because sometimes they would focus on things that I didn't want to focus on. I yeah. find it quite hard. I mm -hmm. think some people find them amazing. Some people find them really beneficial. I think you have to test them yeah. and test the waters, see what works. See what works. But what I had to do was maybe stay behind at the end of a lesson or go and meet a teacher and go through a question I don't get. Yeah, one to but one. I think I used to be really afraid to ask for help. But I think what's there to be afraid of? Like just go and ask for help mm -hmm. if you need it. And everyone's there to help you. That's everyone's job. So just don't be no afraid. No one will turn you away. No, whether it's a pupil or a teacher. And if they turn you away, well, it's a bit unfair. It won't happen. Um, going on to pupils, helping other pupils. I know for lots of the younger kids coming in, most of sixth form, there's stuff like peer mentors, and they're always really good to help yeah. with anything, whether it's academic or personal. Yeah, I think even, even if you're a peer mentor, yes, you can talk to people, but the people that aren't peer mentors, if you find them easy to approach, I think it's, it just depends on who you feel comfortable talking to because if it, it might be about GCSEs, it might be about other stuff that's stressing you out. I think it's really important to talk to people about it, even mm -hmm. if it's your friends or if it's a teacher, whoever it might be, just to offload. I think that's really I mean, important. in these times, it definitely is quite sad that we're in different bubbles, so yeah. I bet the six forms seem quite intimidating, but... Yeah. I'm sure as the restrictions kind of wear off, it will become, will become more approachable, I think. Yeah, I hope so. Okay, yeah. Izzy, so as head girl, are there any changes you want to make to the school? I would say, given the time and given what is going on at the moment, I think that my role is more about trying to get things back to the new normal. I think that before I try and change anything drastic or implement new things or new ways in the school I think it's really important that we all try and come together to build that community back again and I think that it's going to be harder for people to do that if there are loads of different changes I mean I think that at the moment we've got a lot going on I mean we've got loads of sports like coming back different societies different activities clubs they're all going ahead as normal and I think for the welfare of everyone, I think if there were loads of new things coming in, it would be much harder to try and get back to where we were. So I think the first half of this term, I think, is really purely about just trying to get back to normal, just to give everyone that sense of normality. normality yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think that, I mean, something that I spoke to Aidan about, who was the last head of school back in March. Granville boy. Yeah, Granville. Best house, obviously, Granville. I disagree. Me too, but we can talk about that later. Um, yeah, I spoke to him about mental health and he had a massive push on that and hopefully yeah. he's going to be coming back to speak about that. But that's something that I really, really um, feel motivated by and I think that the mental health of the pupils comes first. Uh, given the times we're in, obviously everything is very different and I think that people could be struggling silently, people yeah. could be feeling really anxious and stressed and I think that we can make a compromise by trying to keep things normal and I think that that will help everyone long term. So when I was new I remember I was very scared and I bet with all the sort of restrictions and the new rules and the one-way system it can seem probably really daunting. Yeah definitely and another thing about being new I think it's much easier to make 
strong relationships and friendships with people when you're outside that working environment. See, when you've got that social interaction with people outside of school, whether it might be at someone's house or when you're out and about or a restaurant, wherever it might be, it's more relaxed and it's easier to just talk on a different level. But obviously, with the new rules in place, we can't do that. And I think it might be hard for some new people who might not feel as confident um, in this environment, it might be hard for them to make those relationships and friendships. So I think that that's why we've got to work together as that community at Epsom to just bring everyone together so they feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah. You've actually got quite a big role as head girl then. Yeah, Getting I mean, it's, it is enjoyable. I love it. And I've got a really, really solid prefect team. And we're all really, really good friends, which I think really helps. Definitely, um, yeah. So we can all back each other up and everyone's willing to cover this and cover that. And I think it's really, really working well at the moment. So, yeah, I just hope that it continues to do so in the future. Well, I suppose yeah. it's safe to say that there will be no other head girl that will probably have to deal with things you've done. Yeah, we Sorry, can be. So he'll be remembered so, so in history, is he? Yeah. It is bizarre, like just thinking that there's a different chapel service every single morning and a different assembly venue every diff every single morning. It's very strange. I mean, I was talking to my older brother who um, is an OE. Uh, he left three years ago. I was explaining how it all works and lunch and how we will sit on exam tables, and he was just mind blown and he just said to me he said just never forget this time because it's so strange and fingers crossed that it will never have to happen again my mum was like when you're older everyone be asking you what it was like to yeah. be in covid go to school we all had to wear masks yeah. so well, yeah we're living in a time that will be done in history lessons in about 10 years it'll be an essay title <laughs> yeah. might be yeah so since me and allegra are now in lower sixth our whole year we're, well, lots of us are aspiring prefects, head of houses and possibly head of schools. What would, advice would you give to us in getting to that position and what it entails for us? I don't think it's a simple change you can just make today and suddenly think, oh, I'm going to be head of house next year. I think that to be in that position, you have to have really good relationships with younger years, with the teachers. You have to have that respect and I think that's not something you can just earn um, in one year I think that especially in Rosebury we have a lot of um, girls in our year who we're all really really um, close with the younger years and we all get on it's kind of like a family environment and I think that was one thing that made it hard um, for our house mistress to come to a decision because there's such a nice um, like environment in our house and I think if I could give any advice, I would just say keep doing what you're doing because if you are aspiring to be head of house or a prefect or even head of school, the teachers aren't just going to look at one year. They're not going to say they've done really well in lower sixth. I think they deserve that position. It will be how you've um, approached Epsom life throughout your time. And I think if you are someone who wants to do it, it will be in you. You would have been doing the things you need to throughout your time. So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep positive. Keep those relationships. You know, don't let work take over. Try and just keep that balance. And I think that's the best advice I could probably give. Some good advice. <laughs> I'm the best person to give it to me, fair. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Izzy, for our first podcast. I've definitely had a really good time. I think it's been really interesting talking to you. Thank you for being here today on your birthday. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. I'm really excited to hear all the other ones. Have you got many planned? So yeah, hopefully in the coming weeks, uh, for Black History Week, we'll be having a podcast where we'll be having three individuals speak on that topic. And I think that'll be a really interesting one. So everyone yeah. uh, listening, 
Um, yeah. We also have a few more planned, but yes. we're keeping them secret. Yeah. Ah, exclusive. You're going to gonna have to keep listening to find out what those are. So. Hopefully you'll be intrigued to listen to the next week's one. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for your time, especially on your birthday. <laughs> so this has been the first episode of Epson College Insight. Thank you to everyone who's listening, and we can't wait to have you listen to our next one.